Welcome to Government Love Bot. The only podcast whose official stance is, wow, there are a lot of furries on Tumblr, and I might be one of them. And I'm Tyler. <laughs> uh, I'm D. And I'm here. Oh, no, I'm right. kidding. <laughs> he doesn't say his name anymore. <laughs> that's Nick. That's yeah, good pal Nick, our good buddy. Home slice Nick. It's our good pal Salokin. Is it a Pokemon? Uh, no, it's actually it's the name of a dragon I once used in a D&D campaign, which is literally just my name spelled backwards. Oh! <laughs> named yeah, Salokin the Vile. That's a good dragon name. He was green. If the DM's name was Dan. He could use the same dra- the same trick. This is my dragon, Nad. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know, I think it would. I think depending on the type of dragon, it could work. Um, Some dragons are fairly dumb. Do you think like, for, like if like if I had a dragon, I I could be like this is like I'm D and this is my dragon. D. D. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that works perfect. Nice, nice. I'm so relit for for Tyler. All right, now relit actually goes pretty hard. I, that, that's, that's pretty good. So wait, yeah, wait. I dig it. Nick, do you like dragons? Dragons are pretty cool. Um, I'm concerned where this is going, but I'm going to answer it normally as if it's not going anywhere. Do you uh, like good dragons or bad dragons? <laughs> I enjoy using villainous dragons to torment D&D players. <laughs> Wait, 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 Nick, are you saying you like bad dragons? Is that what you like to torment your... No, no, see, see, no, I'm not, that's not, that's, that's that's not what I'm saying, I'm saying I like villainous dragons, you know, the ones that do foul things, very specific words. I think I think villainous <laughs> is their biggest size. If, if I'm remembering it correctly. Could you imagine if that's like how their sizes work? It was just like bad, badder, villainous. <laughs> I'm gonna have to actually quit the podcast. Thank well, you. That, um, that was today's episode. Thank you for joining us. This is a speed run to <laughs> speed run. I know how to do this. Let me just say a slur real quick. <laughs> wait, wait. That's how you that's how you speed run a podcast. Wait, I have slurs I'm allowed to say. Can I say them? I feel like probably not. No, no, you're not allowed to say them. Do, 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 wait, do we don't we don't save slurs on this podcast. Have you mastered the bleep sound effect? I don't see. I don't want to have to go through and try. See, I'm trying to trying to really get down the process of cutting out sound, and I don't want to have to be like. Where where's the yeah. the individual Beep. word? Wow, yeah, I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> it's gonna be an entirely wrong Holy spot because I'm gonna be like, wait, I think I heard it. Gotta censor this. <laughs> it's just like he's just like, oh, I'm gonna say it. Then there's a beep, and then right when the beep ends, he just says a slur, <laughs> and it's just like, 
I accidentally, I accidentally censor like all of us laughing and then just leave <laughs> D saying the slur. Damn. Oh my god. Oh, I'm always doing this. <laughs> I'm gonna say a slur beep sound the T slur. <laughs> anyway, we do topics and things here, and none of what we've just discussed is a topic, right? It, n- it not this be. time. Next time, maybe. Uh huh. Well, <laughs> damn. <laughs> my topic next time is different slurs. I it won't be <laughs> my rank. topic this time or next time. So we're just gonna dive into those, right? Yeah, yeah. God damn it. Okay, so I do actually have something that I want to talk about today, and it's not actually, like, a massive thing. I just want to rant a little bit, get Tyler and Dee's thoughts. And that is live-action adaptations. We've probably, we've probably, like, talked about this some here on the podcast, just, like, as we're talking about different adaptations. But, like, I just want to, like, ask, why? Why do we want to adapt everything that's ever been drawn or animated into a live-action sense? Okay. Especially... Continue. No, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I I, I don't want to cut you off. No worries. I was just going to continue my bitching. I can do that a little bit later. You're good. (laughs) I was just going to say, I think because, like, the aesthetic movement that we've kind of been stuck in for film has been realism for, like like, a long time now. I don't necessarily think it's the greatest aesthetic trend, but I think that we feel the need to like make everything hyper realistic all the time to make it more real or whatever. But I don't think that's. I, I think. Don't think yeah, I don't think that makes it any more real necessarily. But go ahead. No, I think I think you are onto like something with that, and that's this kind of speaks to a larger thing because I don't even think that's stuck to just like uh, movies or TV shows because we even see that in the gaming industry where like people are still decades after we've pretty much hit a or not decades but like years after we pretty much hit a wall in graphics. There's still like look at this gameplay from. PS4 Pro and PlayStation 5, you can see exactly one more freckle on this girl's face. It's so good! It's like, no, it's not. You just wasted all of our time and money by expecting us to buy this. Thank you. But I think, like, while that is on, on track, I think it also, like, it contradicts the medium, and hey, this is a beautiful transition to my bitching earlier, so hell yeah. Um, but like, live action do- doesn't work for just about anything we've like gone through the efforts to animate. Like, uh, example that is coming out recently, and that I like, I may sound a little bit salty about, we'll see how it comes out. But, um, Avatar The Last Airbender, uh, getting live action now. Everything we've seen of this live-action adaptation looks phenomenal. Do not get me wrong. It looks like what a real ATLA world would look like, you know, how the people would look like, how they're dressed, etc. My issue with it is that 
Avatar The Last Airbender, while all those things were incredibly important and part of why it skyrocketed it to the forefront, that it was so ethnically accurate, it was, um... Fuck, what's... I don't know the word. It paid attention to the cultures it was trying to emulate and, like, effectively paid them homage with this show. So that's that's all great, and that's, like, that's a core part of the show. But another part is, like, how goofy it is, like, epic fucking rocks being thrown, somebody shooting a giant wall of fire from their hands flying in the sky, and, like, just kind of zipping around the room with ginormous eyes and a goofy expression. I feel like there's so much more to Avatar and a lot of these animated properties, I'm just focusing on this one because it's a fresh example in my head. But there's so much more to these than just the story or world being effectively adapted or the, the, the characters being properly portrayed. There's something about the animation that allows the story to kind of flourish and grow and do what it wants and needs to to give its... Aesthetic, that's not the right word I was looking for. But, close enough. What are, what are your guys' thoughts on that before I end up, like, just ranting for way too long? Cut myself um, off some here. Uh, no, I mean, I, I, I think that, like... I think that... All right, well, first off, um, everything that happens in Avatar The Last Airbender, I do all the time. So I don't know what you mean when you say, like... You know, like like there's something stylistically there that is uh, <laughs> that that would be missing. But no, like I um, teleport around rooms all the time while looking at my friend behind bars. Bro, I'm teleporting right now, dude. <laughs> Who else is teleporting they shit right now? <laughs> no, but like, yeah, no. I, I, again, I think I think it's 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 kind of a like a it's it's sort of in the crossroads of like. I think the aesthetic, the like considered to be the ultimate aesthetic of the time, which is realism. And I, I think you're right. I think it does definitely go beyond film. I think a lot of it started in film. Uh, but I, but no, you're right when you say like video games too. Um, Jacob Geller actually has a great video essay that I'd highly recommend, where he talks about like games with like quote unquote bad graphics. Uh, and, and, you know, like, maybe realism isn't the thing that we absolutely need to strive for at all times. And I think that the other big crossroad here is money, is you know this thing, you'll pay to see this thing again, but realistic, right? Um, That's fair. That's yeah. fair, you got me there. I would 100% still have a Netflix uh, subscription so I could watch the... ATLA live action adaptation when it comes out. Right. And I, I can't blame you for that necessarily. Um, I do wish that these companies would invest in like some fresh projects more. Like, like, like to what you said, like Avatar The Last Airbender was already done and like the, the cartoon's a masterpiece. Like, I wouldn't mind seeing it like remastered and widely available. Um, but, like, I think that a lot of the resources we're putting into the live action show, we could be putting into, like, you know, maybe doing some more justice for, you know, The Legend of Korra. And uh, maybe, like, 
you know, like getting another Avatar property on the ground and, and moving a little quicker. I don't know. I just feel like we could be doing other things. Even if you wanted to do something in the same universe, I don't necessarily think we need to remake everything live action. Uh, and I especially want to say to Disney, stop. Stop doing that. Like, like beyond like the controversy that comes with these live action movies, like, just like you're like you 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 dissolve a lot of the charm of your animation, like like, just 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 keep doing animated movies. Keep doing amazing animated movies. Did you see Encanto? The movie's fucking amazing. Do do more of that. Like do, like make more beautiful pieces of art. Like, all right. That's my that's my little segment of rant there. No, and before you again, you're right. Before I before I'm like asking specifically, Tyler, I just want to comment on like the Avatar stuff specifically. It's funny because like the that's actually what you're saying they should do is actually what's happening with the like Michael and um, Brian, um, that the original creators. They've got a lot of their old team back, and they started the Avatar Studios and are making new animated works because this is now the second time they've worked on a live action adaptation project and they've ended up leaving due to um, creative differences, disagreements, which really makes me worry a little bit about the stuff in ATLA. Like I really feel Zutara is going to become a thing for no reason. It's going to really feed into those people, but I don't know. I, I find that, I find that really ironic that, the exact thing that we want is already being done by one of these prime examples. Just a lot of these other companies that are doing this, like with uh, the One Piece show, One Piece live action adaptation aren't necessarily, well, that's not a great example, but they aren't necessarily seeing that lesson and being like, these suck a little bit, <laughs> or these aren't going to be the kind of visions that we created them to be. All right, before cut myself off again, Tyler, what are your thoughts? You're a writer. You just graduated stuff, right? Like, you are a writer yeah. officially by paper law. Yeah. So what are, what are your thoughts yeah. on all this? Uh, I don't think live action is inherently... Live action remakes are inherently not good. All right, that's it. No, no, but no, I don't think that uh, like live action remakes are inherently not good. Um, I think that in certain circumstances, I think that it makes sense to do them. Um, for instance, the one that I think about is uh, is Star Wars. Um, Star Wars has recently been it's not exactly remakes, but it, it is live action like live action works that are like uh, involving stuff that was in animation or continuations of stuff that was in animation. And I think that that works because even though those star Wars animated shows were really good, star Wars is a for most part live action franchise. So introducing these characters into live action is introducing them further into the world that they all already exist into. I think that it could also just, uh, serve in terms of, um, like just kind of bringing to life characters that we've seen in animation for a long time. Like I think about like the live action, the times that they did live action Ninja Turtles, uh, the good ones, not the bad ones. 
Um, but like, because uh, those were mostly cartoons and graphic novels, and then you know they made live action Ninja Turtles, and that was great because you got to see, you know, these like childhood heroes or whatever in live action, and it was really fucking cool to get to see that because it, you know, it feels more realistic, air quote, but it's like, oh wow, this is what it would look like if you know you actually got to meet a fucking Ninja Turtle or some shit, right? Like, so it's stuff like that. Like, I don't think that it's an inherently worthless, and I think that that you could bring a lot like there's a lot of potential to bring to a lot of uh projects like i think that there was a lot of potential for a live action cowboy bebop uh a lot of like potential to you know tell a unique story from while keeping the same like uh the same uh spirit of like the original of course that show didn't do that and that's one of the problems with it but i think that there's like a lot of merit to wanting live action of you know certain things in an attempt to kind of uh get a specific feel of it like to to get a kind of a specific feel out of it like a specific kind of realistic feel that that you know someone may want to get out of like certain ips but that being said like there's a lot of ips where it's like nobody wants that like nobody wants to see what the little mermaid is like real because like that's not really like that's like it's a Disney, it's a Disney. like same with like Aladdin like we know they're people okay we don't, we don't so, need to live action them so you didn't have to call me out I was gonna actually mention the Aladdin live action as being one of the few live action ones that I went and I saw um when they were like around when the whole thing began like began popping up and i was oh, like okay i, like I can see one. why this one yeah i like that one i just don't think like that one even though i like that one i don't think that one much like the other ones has like a like a purpose like it doesn't like need to exist i think the really bad ones are ones like lion king where it's all cgi so it's like it's all animated anyway that's like it's like that doesn't like what are you even doing like like that's not even changing anything um, but yeah, like, I, I don't know. I, I think that like, I could see there being some merit in doing live action remakes of things that, uh, can be to its benefit. Um, can I, can, sorry, I, I don't mean to really quick. Um, no, go for it. Can I just suggest to Disney, if you ever try to remake the Lion King live action again? Shoot it like it's a documentary and like all these things are really happening. Do not explain that it's not really just happening this way. That would be that'd be pretty good. Like the the typical nature documentary guy being yeah, like, like Simba's father has been pissed off the cliff and has now died. The it's young cub watches to come in and like record about like like Simba and and Mufasa and Scar. And Nala, and the little—is he a toucan? Timon and Pumbaa. Pumbaa. Yeah, I think I think Are you toucan. About Zazu, the toucan. Yeah, yeah, Zazu. Uh, <laughs> like have have the toucan sing a lovely bunch of coconuts, and just be like, the, just have the narrator nonchalantly be like, he's singing a lovely bunch of coconuts now. As you do. It happens to me all the time. I'm always singing that. I'm singing that right now. Oh, this is this brings me to my to like the some of the, the last things. So I want to go through and like give some examples for this. Where uh, I want to start with live um, 
shows, like animated shows or movies that you think could do well in live action or maybe already have been made into live action and you were hyped and then it turned out to be like a pretty solid thing because i'm not gonna lie i plan on ending ending it with the ones that you were not were not necessarily hyped about just because i have more of those fresh in my mind and i'm like finish it okay i have a bunch of uh animated things that i think could be good uh, live action. So I already mentioned I think Cowboy Bebop could um, just because like, I think that that uh, like that world isn't something that like the world is something that you could do especially with modern technology something that you could make look really beautiful and still keep the like feeling of the original and you could do a lot of interesting things with that world without you know like completely losing the charm of the original which is what the actual live action one did. Which makes me sad, and I think that that's also a story that uh, deserves more uh, eyes on it. And by that same accord, uh, Samurai Champloo, which is an, uh, another work by Shinichiro Watanabe, who is the guy who made Cowboy Bebop, um, I think that if you were to do a live action, like fully like lean into the samurai aesthetic and the hip hop aesthetic. You can make like a fucking amazing live action TV show out of that. Get and someone break that, like, dancing in rooster style right now. I need to see this yeah, like, shit. It's, Holy it's fuck. It's something that it's like, I think it could work. If you, I also think like, you know, like it's not, it's not something like, it's not animation where like the animation style is like 99% of it. Like it's like, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot that can be done in live action with uh, Samurai Champloo. And Cowboy Bebop, for that matter. Yeah. Um, um, hmm? I was going to say Samurai Jack, touching on the, the, the Samurai Touchstone. I think that that could be like a great like, serialized live-action series. That could. They would have to up its rating, though. We uh, gotta see. The, we gotta see Jack absolutely fucked up, man. We cannot be the having this shit for show, kids. If, if the Ahsoka show taught me anything, it's that the the homies crave samurai content um, it's true it, it's it's true um nick for uh, can i just say for one second i thought that you were for sure gonna say that we needed to see samurai jack's samurai dong <laughs> no no we need to see this man covered in blood with a broken arm and 18 broken bones in his legs bro we okay, need to see him clutching a sword in his teeth and stabbing a coup in the eye vile brackish blood spewing everywhere let's okay, go hardcore samurai this, jack we need to see jack covered in and i my brain just <laughs> Like, D, wow, D, have mercy on me! Come on. Sorry, I, 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 I just, I, I, it's, it's just what I heard. It's just what my brain. Sorry, dude. I'm gonna cry persona. now, actually. Okay, why? Persona. Uh, persona like is already like kind of based in, um, like a real like it's already based in air quote the real world or whatever, and I think that you like absolutely could, um make that into live action and i mean like hell they kind of have if you count the stage plays which you know they kind of have um but like i don't know i actually think that there's more merit in making live action adaptations than there is in making anime adaptations because an anime adaptation is just the game like True. the anime adaptations are fine uh specifically persona 4 has one that's really funny um 
but like you know like i could you take it or leave it like i think that if you were to do a live action adaptation i feel like you can get a lot out of that i think you could do like a lot of really creative stuff with um not only that visually but like in terms of telling that story over the course of like a live action tv show um and i don't think that it would be something because like you know because the big fancy special effects you would need for like the actual battles let's say that's like not 90 percent of the game like that's like like being generous that's like 50 percent of the game and that's being generous you know a lot of the game is just like interpersonal conflict so i think that's something that could work really well in live action and it's something i want to see like the, the the only thing that would be a concern is like some designs like uh igor like how the fuck would you do live action igor without making him an abhorrent abomination on earth uh and the answer is you just make him animated for some reason and make him stand out no uh the, the answer is like you just uh i think you just hide him in shadows honestly that that could work but either way um i think that like there's a lot of potential for like a persona live action tv show and i think that like listen it, I like. I think people would vibe with it. I don't think people would like jump all over and like uh, poo-poo it like they do like things like Avatar, and um, Avatar and like One Piece because you know like it's it's a different kind of thing. Like I don't know. I just think that like I personally would love to see uh you know Persona Three or Four or Five get turned into uh you know actually considering how everybody talks about Four maybe we just skip that one but uh. <laughs> Not that I wouldn't want to see it, but that I wouldn't want to see how people react to it. Um, but I don't know. I, I think I, I I would want to see what you know they would they can do putting that story into live action, and I think that uh, it could actually benefit from a live action medium, considering these are supposed to be kind of they're supposed to feel like real people. I I both agree and slightly disagree, which I. I'm not saying that you're wrong with with my disagreement. I just want to clarify. Just want to clarify. I asked for opinion, and I think you you presented that very well. Um, I think like the stuff in the real world would work really well. Like if we just had like the characters of Persona vibing in the real world, then that would be excellent. But I feel a live action adaptation would begin to severely fall apart with anything to do with the metaverse. Just because of how over-the-top and wacky and strange and disturbing it would have to be all the time. And seeing that in a real sense, like, um, my experience is with Persona 5 mostly. So, like, just starting uh, Persona 5 in a live action, you'd see Kamoshida's palace. You'd see his stuff. And I wouldn't be okay with watching any of that, like, especially if it's well done, I feel. Because a lot of the stuff in Persona is are these like really dark things that like would would be it could tell an amazing story in live action potentially, yeah. but would also be very triggering and worrisome for a lot of people with any remotely close history to that. And an animation yeah. thing gets away with it because it can be softer with how it's presented. It can be more. Uh, like slightly goofy and in that animated type style that um, helps Persona be able to be what Persona is at this point. That's that's yeah, my personal I, take on I, that. I, I, I get that. Uh, I just think that there's still value in telling those stories because I feel like there's a lot of like stories that are dark that you know 
fucking that handle topics that are much worse than that that handle them much worse and shittier than that i mean hell look at a uh euphoria and the idol made by like sam levinson and shit like that's stuff like some of the stuff in there is really dark and it's handled pretty fucking poorly so it's like when you look at that like if you look at it and you like had uh personally handle it um and you were to handle it well enough i think that there's value in that um and I think it also gives you uh, the opportunity to kind of streamline and take out things that maybe people aren't like the biggest fans of, you know, like some things that uh, uh, in the game that may not have like been as, uh, yeah, and not as well received and may not have worked as well. Um, you could also just do like a, a lot of fun things. Um, I think that in terms of like the metaverse, I think depending on who you how much of like a a budget you gave them that could determine how well that that actually like turns out like i think if you gave them a decent budget they could you know they could make something like really uh really unique and fun using like the metaverse um even if they would have to change some things like maybe instead of monsters it's just like their the shadows are just like their overworld sprites, so it's like they're just like evil knights and stuff that the persona users have to fight, and it's like you have to kind of make that concession for the sake of um for the sake of like budgeting reasons. But I think that even if you were to have to do that, I I still think that there's like it could still be it could still work out like very well even if you have to change like little things like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I. I I I'm not really gonna have don't really have too much to to really add on. I think I think you said it very well, and something like that would hit very well for a lot of people. I know I personally, for reasons, wouldn't. I probably if I did watch that, I would skip over the first um the first arc and stuff. I don't want to see. I don't want to see anything no, to do with Kamoshida's palace and live action. Genuinely, no, no. like. Maybe some of the others could get away with, but Kamoshida can fucking be burnt down to the ground. They could remove him from the entire story for a live action adaptation, and I would not blink an eye. Even though his his addition is very important, it's just like that's not something I'd want to see. <laughs> a live action adaptation also bring like a lot of intensity and character to arcs like the Kanashiro arc and Futaba's arc. Yeah. Because you can, you know, explore outside the main character a little bit more. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Alright, so we explored some delicious, delicious good ideas from Tyler. D, what about you? You got any live-action adaptations that you think would be well, or have already been made and come out that you just are a big fan of, or something like that? Well, I mean... Uh, the Lord of the uh, the Lord of the Rings live action movies are like considered by many to be like an amazing touchstone in culture. I think that that's probably those are probably some of the best, the very best live action uh films. I mean, I know that they're like adapted from a book and not like an animated work. Yeah. Um. But I'd say I'd say it still counts. I was actually I was thinking that to myself. I'm like, no, I think that can count. I think that still works. Now I have not seen the Hobbit 
movies, the Hobbit trilogy. But I have Def- from a very reliable source. Shout out reliable source. <laughs> they're bad. The, the like the first one's pretty good, and then like the second one is like slightly worse. And then by the time they get to the third movie, it's like just fucking terrible. See, I enjoyed them as a kid watching them as they came out. But then I was given the Hobbit book that had come out with like the live action cover from a family member. I read that, and I was like. Ah. Why was it three movies? This book is like fucking 257 pages long or some shit like that. Yeah, you could like take your time and read the entirety of The Hobbit over the weekend and like come away and be like, wow, that was really charming, short, fun story. Uh, and then you like the there's three fucking live action movies that are like. They just dwell a lot is what I've heard. They just feel the need to take their time with everything. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't think that was necessary. I think they should have used the budget that eventually would go into The Hobbit and made more Lord of the Rings movies. Stretch those out a little more. Instead of three movies, do five. Honestly, I think they should just leave Lord of the Rings. I think they should leave J.R. Tolkien's stuff alone. That's fair. they're ruining this shit with the with the Hobbit. Like, I feel like the Hobbit is like mid, like for like an overall rating. Like, it's not horrible, but it's not the Hobbit. Like, <laughs> like, like, the, like the book or the movie. The the movie adaptation. Like, it could have done far. It could have done far worse with what it was trying to do. Mm-hmm. But also, it could have been not three movies and just done a lot better with it. But, like, yeah. then we take a look at the, the Rings of Power, I think it was called. Yeah, the Amazon. Oh, thing. God, yeah. yeah. And they're apparently looking to make more Lord of the Rings movies now, actually. And it's, I'm... It's, it's a big name, and they think they can make money off of it. And they definitely can make money off it, but it's gonna come at, like, I feel like that's one of the things where, like, you guys aren't, you aren't Tolkien. Hard stop... Tolkien's the only one that could have made this stuff. Like, a lot of people can make very Tolkien or Lord of the Rings-esque stories. You know, like, my personal favorite is uh, Memory, Sorrow, and Thorn. Gives me a lot of... It's it's a massive book series and gives me a lot of, like, Lord of the Rings vibes and the way it's laid out. But they aren't... They aren't Lord of the Rings. It's not done by Tolkien. It's not his masterwork fucking world and series that he came all over the page with. That made everybody uh, fucking no, fall in love. I think there's actually photo evidence of him doing that. I don't um. think Tolkien <laughs> jerked off. I don't think he. <laughs> I don't think Tolkien's ever come. He never came. Yeah, I know he has kids. He's never come once. <laughs> Immaculate conception. <laughs> I don't think that we should necessarily like never make another Lord of the Rings project again because Tolkien didn't make it. No, I mean I I agree. I think okay. Here's my take. I get like I get like what Nick is saying though. Like it's definitely going to be like a different vibe, but I, I don't think that we should completely shut down telling stories in that world. I think that we should just be, I don't know, more. I think I we know, should like, more adapt. careful or like just like maybe more understanding of what made these things work. Like, don't just jump into it because it's brand and brand to make money. Like, think, jump into it because you actually have a story you want to tell. Like, 
Like, don't make Lord of the Rings because Lord of the Rings is going to make you money. Make Lord of the Rings because you actually have something in the world of Lord of the Rings you want to tell, like a story that you genuinely want to tell. I, I genuinely feel that that's the problem with Star Wars right now, is the fact that Star Wars is telling stories that make money and not store and not just giving it to people who just want to tell stories in the Star Wars world. And that's why people are like, oh, just give it all back to George Lucas. I was like, I don't think that that's the solution. I think that the solution is genuinely like just giving it to people who want to tell new stories in this world and who are telling it because they actually have a story to tell and not just telling it because Star Wars make money. Yeah, that's fair. Do you were you saying you think the Silmarillion should be adapted? Yes. That would be one fucked up show or movie. I like so incredibly fucked up. Um I want I want to I want to I want to hear about ancient elder tree gods and shit. Tell me about all the hidden Tolkien lore. I want to Do my first my first thought whenever I hear of the Silmarillion um, is that guy that's forced to sit on the chair on the mountain with fucking, like, infinite sight that can see all the horrible shit happening to his, uh, bloodline. And he's also, like, married to his sister or some dumb shit and is just being terrible. Like, I don't know. It's, it's an absolutely wild story and interesting read, but it's like, man, this guy's life is so fucked up. He has not known a moment of happiness. He just Holy like shit. <laughs> Holy shit. Huh? Uh, yeah, so like my life is fucked up, and I've never known a moment of happiness. Damn, do you need a, a hug? No. Oh, <laughs> fuck you then. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is, I, like, there's plenty of like Tolkien lore that's not insane. Like, there's plenty of like Tolkien stuff that we, for surezies, could could be touching on and and doing if we really wanted to. But I think if you really want to do more Lord of the Rings stuff, like if you're like, we're going to remake Lord of the Rings, do it as like, like a, like, I don't know if you want to call it like a mini series or a limited series or whatever. Do like, give it like eight one hour episodes, you know, three of those per book. And it'll be long as shit, but like, at least you'll have time to like hit everything. You'll have time to like, talk about everything you know what i mean like that's fair that's fair because i don't know if you noticed those are hefty books <laughs> enormous yeah th those books don't fuck around tolkien is definitely like like pouring those words onto the page in like a weird <sighs> fucked up lovecrafty and like spilling his brain matter onto the page. Yeah, yeah, he was going ham. Going unnecessarily ham. Yeah. Or necessarily ham. Yeah, he was definitely like, this was definitely like his hyperfixation for a long time, and you can tell. Like, this is like, he was going to bed every night like, and then what, and then like, how does this work with this? And like, Maybe Gandalf's immortal. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, just re reaching into his head, taking chunks of brain, slapping it on the paper. When he removes it and puts it back, there's just a masterwork manuscript right there. Yeah. A little soggy though. Soggy manuscripts. That's what they call me in the streets. 
All right, I'm going to say um, that, like, for me, I've had, I'm a big fan of, um, like, animation in general. Like, I really like cartoons. Call me a child if you want. You're a fucking loser if you do. But, like, I feel like I can connect a lot more with animated works. Not because, oh, my God, anime, but because there's such a... I feel like it, more often anim animated works can have this grander scale. And like I was mentioning earlier with my take on Persona 5, like live action adaptation, there's a lot more they can do without being like too fucking brutal or like triggering to people that makes it more accessible for some. Um, for live action things I liked, I've like, I liked Aladdin when I was younger. I haven't watched it in a while, so don't know if, like, it would hold up in my current, like, thoughts and opinions with writing. Um, but I thought that was pretty good. I enjoyed the songs. Um, I'm gonna throw my hat in the Lord of the Rings thing, too, because, like, the Lord of the Rings movies are just iconic. Um, full stop. Like, they're chef's keys. But, like, in general, uh, maybe some, some comic book movies. Like, I enjoy Christian Bale, Batman, like, his whole Dark Knight series. But I don't think that's, like, necessarily directly adapting any sort of comic book story, but more just kind of telling a new origin story for Batman, as comic book stories tend to do. It, like, takes bits and pieces out of a lot of different comics. Yeah, it just kind of scrambles them together. The Batman lore. To make Christian Bale Batman. Yeah, the the canon. Yeah. So, like, I, I fuck with those, but, I like, I admittedly, I, like, I barely consider that for what I am talking about. So, I don't know. I, I feel, in general, I like um, animation. And there, there are a lot of fucking live-action adaptations that I just feel don't... I feel a lot more of them don't work as well as they would have been like to than the ones that do work. Uh, I mentioned ATLA. We all saw that movie that shall not be named. Uh, this new one looks good, and we're just going to have to hope. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned it, but like One Piece, I don't... So like, I'm not a huge One Piece fan. I'm not like submerged in the story. But from what I hear... And what I see and what I do know of One Piece, One Piece gets by with being like this critically acclaimed live action adaptation just because it's like close enough. Like it goes through and changes and removes a bunch of like important character moments. And like it just. It's close. Like we have our characters, they look as they would real life, get the fucking straw hat crew, and that's dope. But for an actual adaptation, I think. Again, I have not watched it, so take my opinion with a major grain of salt, but I think that it wasn't the great adaptation everybody was coming about. It was just close enough, and we had such so many bad live-action adaptations that the One Piece fans were just like, Oh my god! It's actually fucking Luffy, and not whatever the fuck Dragon Ball Evolution had for Goku. Oh yeah. Oh my yeah. god, I forgot about that. Y yeah. Holy shit. And like I think I think that is the major reason why that one got through. Um since I mentioned it, uh fuck Dragon Ball Evolution, that was awful. Um truly horrendous. And that's one of those examples of like Dragon Ball cannot be live action. 
Full stop, you cannot make it live action. It doesn't work. Hairstyles don't work. Character designs don't work in live action. The powers in fighting doesn't work. None of it works in live action. And yet people really thought they could make a movie that would be good of Dragon Ball. Uh, I just, I think they're like, animation can get far grander than live action ever could. Because, like, even with shit like Avengers Infinity War, where it's this massive war with portals opening up and armies and these famous characters that we know and love coming from all over the place, like, that's not, that's like a, not even a fraction of what animation can do, where animation can have you seeing, like, fights between gods that take place with entire solar systems as stomping grounds. I don't know, if you tried to take something like that, like the One Punch Man. One Punch Man had a, a fight like that, where it was like, took place all over the solar system. And you tried to make that live action. No. You're not gonna show, you're not gonna effectively show a man tabletopping the entire moon in live action. It's just gonna look weird. And you know what? I think I'm going to end with that because I don't want to end up ranting for too much longer. We've had a solid conversation with this. Um, live action adaptations can be good, but for me personally, I think that live action adaptations run far more risk than they do any good. There's there's too many variables and too much aesthetic that I, that I Nikolai, feel is lost with live action adaptations. My take. Done. We can move on. Um, you know what I think they should adapt is the popular American anime Family Guy. I think that we should make that live action. Go oh, imagine Peter Griffin. Wait, we Yo, actually have up. Peter. I watch that. I want to see what that looks like. Wait, we actually have Peter Griffin like in real life. He streams Fortnite. How do you do the dog? Fuck. You just, you just CGI Scooby-Doo? No, 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 no. no. Do we're you doing, just CGI all... in the dog in the Family Guy style and just have him walking around? Cause, like, no. I no, 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 no. Guys, 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 guys. We're doing all practical Wait, no, they effects. did this. Wait, they did this. There is a live-action Brian and Stewie. No. Yeah. No fucking yeah, way. No, no fucking is. way. Well, it was a ga- Okay, it was a gag, technically. But they're in one of the, like time travel dimensional travel yeah there's it one cuts where they, to them they travel and it's a white dog in a baby in stewie's outfit this, this oh and crap. i think they make a joke with like brian i'm scared oh i get it i get it yeah i see this. so there technically is a live action Steve. i see okay i get it no i this is different my vision's different i say we just paint somebody like totally white we stick ears and like a paper snout on him I don't. I don't think we can do whiteface. That's just the worst. If <laughs> we thing. just have him just interact and they all talk to him like a dog. See, like I don't. I don't know if it would actually matter that much, kind of where we're at. But like, I don't know if whiteface would be be allowed by people. We'll, we'll just we'll, listen. We'll just get somebody <laughs> who's already super white. Okay. Listen, okay. This isn't, this isn't important, but I saw a clip of. <laughs> um, Family Guy, where Brian slept with somebody, right? And I think it was Quagmire's dad, and it's like a you know trans joke or whatever. But the important part is, is so room service room service was there, and he's like, oh god, I can't let them see me. And he like runs into the 
He runs into the bathroom, and then the guy's like, uh, room service is here with your order of snossages. And fucking Brian's head comes out of the bathroom, and it's like fucking half the screen. He just goes, snossages. <laughs> and it's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life, and I don't understand it. Again, I'm going to take myself out. His head just comes out of the fucking head comes out of the fucking bathroom. He's just like snossages, <laughs> <laughs> and I just like I don't need. I, I have nothing else to say. I just, it's just really funny. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Okay. Well, well, I think someone in this that's recording this podcast with me has a topic that goes next. I don't think we decided, did we? <laughs> nope, nope, you guys did not decide who goes next. I think he said she was going to go next. I'll, I'll go. Yeah, I'll, I'll go. Um, if I remember correctly. Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, like, break character. I'm not going to talk as, as, as Deese nuts the character. I'm, I'm, we're going to, we're going to get into my personal life. We're, we're get we're getting into, like, the real life me, the Delaney zone. We're, we're getting into it. We're going to talk about what's happening in my real life for a minute. Oh, first name reveal, I guess. Uh, but anyways, uh, guys, I'm gonna be homeless. <laughs> That's no, one way to. There's one okay. way to start it yet. Okay, all right. So basically, what happened was, um, like almost two months ago now, I was like, I hate my job. I hate going to work every day. It's miserable. It's a terrible experience. Like I'm I'm I wasn't out at work and like I had to like try to cover the aspects of my body that would like give give it away. You know what I mean? And like it was getting to be just like an agonizing experience. Not only that, but, like, the work kind of sucked. Like, it was, it was, like, kind of, like, brain-dead work. And I just, like, 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 I just, I hated it. Like, I wanted the day to be over every day. And then, like, the drive just killed me. It gave me time to think about how much I hated it. And I was like, well, I need to get out of here. So I, I left that job. And I, I was like, well, you know, I'll have another job, like, by the end of the month. My partner is working, like, if we're just, like, good with our money, we'll be okay. Well, funny I mentioned that, because I'm also getting divorced. Um, y- yeah, uh, my partner and I have figured that out that we don't uh, exactly want the same things anymore, that we're the kind of diff we're like very different people than we were when we started seeing each other and even when we got married. Um so But it, if it, it if it's somewhat like mutual thing, it could be worse. I mean we'll we'll at least be like No, yeah, no, like like we're on like we're on good terms. Like we like we we both acknowledge that like, you know, we still love each other. But like it's not gonna work, like th- like it just this is just not going to work. So we had to split up, uh, and that's how it goes sometimes. 
that's not the that's not the big deal. That's not the thing that I really want to talk about today either. Um, because I don't want to get too personal with y'all. But uh, the the big thing is that I got to find a new place to live because I one can't totally afford my apartment right now. Um, and two is that uh my apartment is going up for sale it might at this point already be sold i'm not sure i'm 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 like i'm expecting an email about it relatively soon uh that's wild the rent is definitely gonna go up more um so i was sure not gonna be able to afford it and i could kind of see the writing on the wall and i knew that i was going to be like getting a notice um and i kind of received like a yeah you should probably get out um so uh yeah i am uh i'm 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 moving out of this apartment and the question becomes where do i go can't move in with any of my family they really don't have any room for me i've got a big family and we all kind of live like in bunches together anyways so like none of my family really has any space for me my extended family uh is like you know not super close to me except for uh tyler hi tyler shout out to tyler hi uh sorry tyler i don't want to move in with you no offense uh, that's fair damn get got get got no don't just, don't agree with this fight back throw hands I, I i don't i don't feel like uh uh tyler's mom wants me moving in necessarily um so that leaves uh one option and that is a little camper that i own and i use camper loosely because it's kind of stationary which would make it more of a cabin on wheels um, and let me tell you a little bit about that. That's been an experience because it doesn't super have like electricity or water necessarily, but let me tell you what it does have. Okay. Okay. This seems promising already. Um, it has potential. Nice, nice. And also a bunch of old food that was left in the cabinets. Uh, and so a bunch of mice moved in, and then a cat moved in, and it was a mess in there. So I've been spending the last couple days tearing up the floor and uh, fixing things. Fun fact about me is that I went to school for contracting. So I have a very particular set of skills. Um, and, uh, yeah. Uh... It's been a it's been a mess. It's been a bad time. But we're making progress. Uh there were there was carpet. I tore up all of the carpet. It was bad. It didn't it was it was like very much like from the 90s even though it was built in I believe the 2000s. Um it didn't smell good. It was it was gross. Uh I tore it up. And you know what? It smells better in there. Um, Hell yeah. I've mostly got it 
warm and dry now. I, I have a heater in there now. Uh, so it's warm and dry. And uh, uh, there's there's like a, like a water tank not far from it. Uh, still no electricity. Working on it though. Gonna get some solar panels. Uh, yeah, dude. It's a, it's, it's a good, it's a great time, even. It's, um... It sounds like it could be, could be cool. Like, you know, having solar power would be very nice. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've actually kind of... I know that this sounds, like, super duper probably depressing and, like, sad. But, like, it is what it is. It's, it's just the way things are going. I actually don't even plan on being in there for crazy long. Um, mostly I am sort of trying to figure out like where I want to go with my life now. Because I can sort of go anywhere. Like, I don't have much holding me down anymore. Um, so I might be I might just get up and move soon. But I've kind of got the expenses broken down for like trying to figure out uh, like a like a setup for electricity. I have a situation for Wi-Fi. Um, there's don't worry. There's a bathroom situation and there's water in the tank. Like I said, uh, this came off a way more depressing than I wanted it to. I won't lie to you. But, honestly, um, honestly though, shit happens. Like I don't think it's. It's as bad just because, like, things do happen to people all the time. And I think, honestly, the plans and ideas you have for this setup is pretty cool sounding. Like, seems like you are making the best of a rough situation, and I'm here for hearing that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, uh, does anybody have, like, anybody have any questions? I was... I don't know if you guys want to riff on this a little bit. Uh, I know it sounds depressing, but it, like... Alright, how much would... What's the how... exact address of this trailer? Yeah, yeah. Um... Uh, Wait, no, you... actually, genuine question, though. Like, where is this in relation to, like, other people? This uh, is, like, a faraway thing, When or... I say that, like, 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 are you just, like, in the woods? Or, like, how close is this to more people? It is, like... Other houses. Like, five minutes away from, like... Uh, like a town like i'm not like crazy okay this is a this is a question this is a this is a question that's like not gonna make any sense to the viewers but it'll make sense to me is it where we went to that fire for yeah. halloween yes it is it's not is it oh, that place it's the not. birth of jlb yes the birth yes yeah it is the birth ground. where the where the original model was built uh yeah the, the original mech was built um Okay, and that's even like a that's even like a pretty good spot too. Like that's not, but viewers obviously aren't gonna under like know what this looks like, and we're not gonna give any extra it's like, like details. If anybody's curious, it's just kind of like a clearing in like a wooded area. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like, nice, like chunk of clearing. Nice spot. Got got fire pit area. Cool. Honestly, like I think I think um is really inspiring and for people that may stumble upon this that are in also kind of rough situations it may help them try to figure out like things they could do for themselves um though i do have a question 
What are you looking at for prices of solar panels? Uh, currently, it is looking like to get everything set up for solar panels, it's going to be about $300. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, it's not super. It's okay. It's like, let me think. I want to say it is like 32 feet by like eight feet, not including the pop outs. So, like, it's not super big. I really don't have many things. Like, I don't have a TV. Like, I guess I own a TV currently. But I don't watch TV. Like, I have my computer, and then I have a Switch light that I charge regularly. But, like, I don't have anything huge that I need a whole lot of power for. So, like, a basic solar power setup kit would probably give me all the power I need. Um, it's just me. So, like, Oh, and also, I forgot to mention, uh, there's other added benefits is, uh, in that there's like a, there's like a big garden up there now, and also, uh, chickens, the chicken coop, like, more, oh, like word. moving on to a farm than anything. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah. And I'll be in the, the, the birthing ground of government hotbox. That's, honestly, that's, that's, uh, see... See, you're saying this sounds a whole lot more depressing, but it sounds cooler and cooler the more you explain it. Like, what do you mean? I think I, I think you are making a situation that is very rough and absolutely doing your best to win with it. Um, yeah, the, the thing about that most people don't realize about me is that I'm hard to kill. Oh, I mean... James Bond title. I mean, Tyler and I have been trying for, for months now. For some reason, our assassins keep falling in love, or the exploding cigars are thrown out. Uh, no, I'm smoking the exploding cigars, but what happens is I they pop, and then my bill just swings around to the back of my head, and I go, this means war. Wait, 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 no, this is, this is a what? Your bill? Yeah, yeah. Are you oh. Daffy Duck? Yeah, sorry, I forgot oh. to mention. Oh, my bad. Sorry hard, for being insensitive. Hard to, hard to Kill is not a James Bond no, it's not. story. Uh, a Hard Man to Kill was. I don't know why he was hard, but if, I'm glad they killed him. It's a him. book. It's not always about the... story the... set between the books Hurricane Gold and By Royal Command. Shit, I I've been thinking about watching these damn movies. Now, you now should okay. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a shout out right now. Uh, yes, yeah, sorry. Uh, you know, like I we we always try to shout out smaller smaller creators. Uh, and by smaller creators, I mean like one of the biggest podcasts around. Um, is Kill James Bond. Oh yeah. Also, listen to Government Love Bot, the one you're already listening to. Listen to Kill James Bond though. If you're gonna watch the, the James Bond movies. Also listen to Kill James Bond. I love that show. Um, Alice, Devin, Abby. I need to stop putting things in the way of me finishing classic Doctor Who, but like, there's just so much of it. I was I was gonna say, um, I I want the three of them to notice me. All three of the senpais, please, please notice me. Actually, don't because I'll embarrass myself in front of you. I already know it. You're all talented, and I'm me. But um. No, definitely check that check out that podcast when you watch the when you watch the James Bond movies. Um 
And also, um, you could take a break from Doctor Who for a little while, Tyler. Come on. Just no, a I need break. to watch all three million of it. I don't it's, know. I'll probably take a break after I watch the third Doctor stuff. It's been on for like 75 years. Like, there's there's a lot of it. You're like, you could take a little break, my dude. <laughs> yeah, there's. I still have so much. But yeah. So yeah. Um that was uh Cabin Chronicle number one. Expect updates on this. The cabining. The cabining. That's part two. Part two the cabining. Part Hell three yeah. the cabinet. Well, if that's the end of the Cabin Chronicles. I think that's time for a government love break. Alright. Yeah, boy. And uh, since it's break time, I'm just going to take a moment to say, maybe check out my YouTube channel. It's cool. It's called Story Spire, or it's like specific, like if you're typing in the URL on YouTube, type in youtube.com slash Story Spire 343. There are other Story Spire channels that apparently exist, but they aren't as cool as me. Uh, for reasons, um, believe me. I believe you. Hell yeah, thank you. I really appreciate that. But yeah, I mean, just check me out. I've got a few videos up already, and I have a bunch more ideas that I've been working on and trying to get different footage for. Um, hopefully, people did like it. Thank you. Welcome back, I gamers. Mean, we could. We, could. we should only add Maybe. that, and then we'll be just give it like, welcome back, gamers, as if, like, Take all oh, they came back from break early. <laughs> maybe I'll just um maybe I can, maybe I'll take that that like Spider Man uh conversation and do something with it. I'll try I'll try to make a note for myself for when I'm doing that this okay, week. Yeah. Spin it into like a mini episode. Yeah, that would be that'd be something cool. Have some good good discussion. Mini tangent. <laughs> mini tangent. I've honestly wanted to do more things like that because I feel like we have a lot of like good break discussions. I'm only restricted by the amount of storage space my laptop has. Because it's struggling. What if I gave you a bunch of CDs? Could you like put a bunch of stuff on those? Dude, I don't got a disk drive. You don't have a disk drive? No. How do, you, how do you burn CDs then, dude? I suffer. I burn vinyls. Yo. I tried that. They don't react well to lighters. Huh? I use a blowtorch. Oh, okay. Do better? Do they melt still? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, well, you know, that's truly unfortunate. For the vinyls. Is there a topic that somebody made by oh, the name shit, of yeah. Relit? <laughs> oh, yeah, um, that's right, a topic. <laughs> I forgot we did a podcast. Yeah, we, we have some, we do some, like, podcasting things, you know, we discuss, um, things and stuff. I really didn't want to use the word topic there. All right. Well, 
so let's uh so I decided to to do something uh a little unique here. Originally I was going to cover the second doctor's era because I had also finished that. So I figured I'd talk about it. But uh I got distracted. Let's just say and now I have uh, a little bit of a different topic for you. So let me take you back to the year 1996. I was also negative four years old. Um, so yeah, so 1996, uh, when on May 14th, the Doctor Who television movie aired. So, yeah. So, um, in case people don't know, uh, after the Seventh Doctor's era was basically kind of coming to an end, uh, the show got canceled. Uh, the TV executives did not like Doctor Who anymore, and they were like, get that shit out of here. So, that shit, well, no, I think the, the guy who canceled it actually said, like, I watched Star Wars and I realized our shit looked like garbage. And it's like, yeah, because you're working with a TV budget, dumbass. Of course, it doesn't look like Star Wars. But either way, uh, so after the Seventh Doctor's era, there was like no Doctor Who. I believe it ended in uh, 87, I believe. Uh, so there was no Doctor Who for a while. Um, and then they decided that the Murricans wanted a shot at it. So they made this uh, TV movie that was supposed to be a like a pilot basically for an american remake reboot continuation thingy of uh doctor who so i was curious i've been always curious about running an experiment where i basically make people who haven't watched doctor who watch this movie to see if it's actually any good at getting people into the show uh and I have officially asked and had four different people watch it. Uh, so now we have the science. The science. But we'll get to we'll get to that for like first let's let's talk about like the movie itself. Now, I'm not gonna go like I do, I mean I don't think I really need to go like step by step through the the plot of the movie. It's um it's kind of uh it's kind of like a simple story of like just like the doctor uh through some means regenerates and he basically has to stop the master who's trying to uh open up the evil thing that could potentially destroy the world so it's basically just a race against time it's a pretty simple story um but i rather just going to talk about it in like terms of like pieces of it that i think like are worth talking about um, so the first thing I want to talk about is how the opening makes absolutely no fucking sense. Uh, it opens up with like word salad where it's basically like the Daleks on Scaro captured the master and put him on trial and he, they executed him. And then the doctor had to take his remains back to Gallifrey. And I was like, holy shit, that's like so many words that nobody's going to know. If they've never seen this show before. Um, also, it just makes no sense because the Daleks are like, like fucking space Nazis. They don't put people on trial. They just kill them. And also, why'd they just let the... 
why'd they just let the doctor take the master's remains? That doesn't make any sense. They were like, feeling generous. They, they wouldn't dude. do that. They're generous. Yeah, I dollars. guess they were feeling generous. They also had a unique. Des- they also had a new design that was planned. I'll talk about that later. We'll, we'll I'll get into that later. Um. So yeah, so the story is basically about the master who uh has been killed and turned into a cum snake. Uh, it's literally a, it, he's literally, so he dies and he gets turned into this, this like literal snake made of like this, like white cum looking fluid, like this, like semi translucent cum looking fluid. Uh, that's, and he's like a snake and he can possess people. Yeah, so um, the first so like uh, the movie, to its credit, which I find very interesting, um, starts with the seventh Doctor. It actually does not start with eight, Paul McGann, the eighth Doctor. It starts with the seventh Doctor, uh, which is played by um, Sylvester McCoy, which I really liked. That I really liked that. Like from the very start, they're like, yeah, this is a continuation of the previous show like we're not completely rebooting this from the beginning which is you know a trend that you know will continue to keep up as like the show is still technically on the same canon and all that jazz um but i will admit the opening is pretty wild because like the first chunk of the movie is the doctor lands in san francisco gets shot and then brutally dies on the operating table (laughs) This is always happening. This is like yeah. So like Sunday night usually. Yeah. So like this like uh, this guy named Chang Li, who's like an Asian, I don't know, like street hustler guy. Um, but he basically like he's getting like chased by gang members, and he's like his friends get gunned down, and he's about to get gunned down, and then the TARDIS appears in front of him. And the doctor walks out, he's like, hey, what's good? And he gets fucking shot. (laughs) And then in the hospital, he dies uh, of medical malpractice because they don't understand that the doctor has two hearts. Could you imagine the doctor gets out and he's like, hello, what's all this? And then just immediately gets fucking gunned. (laughs) He literally literally opens the door and he just, he looks straight at them and then they just shoot him. And all I could think of was, like, if you were a fan of the original show, how do you feel about, like, sitting there and just being like, wow, my childhood hero just got gunned down? Like, bro lands in in America one time, gets gunned down. I think pretty much every time he's been to America, he's had a gun pointed at him at least once. I mean, that's just... He got he lands in America, gets gunned down, and then dies due to poor medic uh, medical care. He's oh, truly wow. living the experience. All he <laughs> needs is to get the bill. And he wakes up and they're like the that'll be forty thousand dollars. Yeah, and he'll have and he'll have uh, completed the. Uh, he'll have completed the, um, the experience, but uh, the main reason he. Uh, but at the same time that he's getting shot, there's also going on um, 
the cum snake is escaping. The cum snake? What a sentence. Uh, yeah, so the master is escaping, uh, and his whole thing is he possesses a guy who I'm just going to call Eric Roberts, because that's the actor who plays him, and I genuinely think that the guy, his name might be Bruce, I don't know, but the cum snake, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, I'm going to get a little closer to it, so the cum snake, while the doctor is dying on the operating table, the cum snake slithers into a man's mouth and possesses him. I think that oh. might be the best movie ever made. This is some, uh... The cum snake. This is some wild fan fiction, isn't it? So, this, this weird snake master guy, he, he goes into Eric Roberts' mouth and now Eric Roberts is uh is the master basically uh or the master possessing a body, and the master is notably basically just like a a time lord like the doctor but evil. Um, and let me tell you something, Eric Roberts, the guy who plays the master in this one or the possessed whatever, uh, he is way overboard with with like being evil like he walks around in a leather jacket and sunglasses was the 90s and it is like the most like it is the most like over the top shit like me and my friends called him the wesker master if anybody's ever played resident evil because he's just like albert wesker from resident evil 5 like this over the top like goofy like matrix villain almost like it is the most ridiculous shit ever like his first scene where he like possesses the guy, right? Like he's like fully in Eric Roberts' body. Eric Roberts' wife gets out of bed and she's like, she's like, Are you okay, honey? And he's like, I am not honey. Call me by my real name. And she's like, What's that? And he's like, Master. And it's like, What the fuck is this dude on? There's a scene later. Where he's looking for Chang Li, which is the the Asian kid, if you remember, that accidentally got the doctor shot, because that kid stole the doctor's things, um, be- because he thought the doctor was dead, so he just took all of his shit. Um, so he's looking for him, and he goes up to a receptionist, and he's like, "Where is the Asian child?" It's it's almost like ridiculous how over the top. Uh, Eric Roberts is as the master. It's fucking. It's amazing. Like ten out of ten. Uh, God tier stuff. Okay, I, th- I felt like somebody had a comment there, so I thought, but okay. <laughs> Say it again. Say it again. I just need some time to process this. I think I just. No. Yeah. No. Like the the master is just like way over the top. Like like ridiculously evil. And um, he's just, like, running around in this fucking, like, dark leather jacket and dark sunglasses being, like, evil. And basically, like, the story is split into, like, two main groups. And the one group is the the master and uh, Chang Li, a.k.a. as the master would call him, the Asian child. Yeah, that's the um, part that, like, wh- why, why did he say it like that? Because... Chang Li is the only Asian in the movie, I think. That I just why they have to I I just I don't 
I don't know. It, don't it, ask it, me. It, I, okay. Um, but basically, so like Eric Roberts, master, he like the master tracks down Chang Lee, and he's basically like, "Hey, man, uh, like Chang Lee has gotten into the TARDIS because he has like the keys or whatever, and he's like in the TARDIS, and he's like, uh, and the master's like, "Whoa, this is actually my ship, and the Doctor's body is actually my body, and he stole it." You see, he's evil, not me in my trench coat and dark sunglasses. Not me in my very, <laughs> my blatantly evil design. Yeah, okay. exactly. No, it's obviously the the funny haired eccentric guy who's running around talking about how much he likes the stars in the sky. He's the evil one, and the kid just goes, "Yeah, yeah." Okay, all right. In his defense, though, do you know who else wears a big leather trench coat and sunglasses? Hmm. Neo in the Matrix. Do you know who else? Morpheus in the Matrix. Do you know who else? Trinity in the Matrix. This is ninety six. Do you know who else? Do you know who else? Do you know who else though? Blade. Who else? Blade wears a trench coat and sunglasses all the time, and he's the coolest person to ever live. So what do you think of that? The Matrix came out fucking three years after this movie. What? So, if anything, the hmm. Matrix is ripping off the Master. Is what I'm trying to say. They, maybe the Master Sorry. was just bait for the Matrix. Bust out the, pitch, like, the torches and pitchforks. He was, but like, think stop, about stop, it. Stop, stop. He, he was like, he was Matrix stop. bait. Stop. The Master. Bait. <laughs> Thanks. I'll be here all week. Thank you. Thank you. Wait, Wait no. hang on. Hang on. Wait, Enough. Hang on. hang on. Wait. No, I have to. No. Oh no. <laughs> that's the fucking Discord sound effect. Jesus Christ. Anyway, so that's like, so that's what air. That's what the master and um, like Chang Lee are doing throughout the whole thing. Meanwhile, on the other side of things is Paul McGann, who has like, after the Seventh Doctor dies brutally on the operating table and is put in the morgue. Uh, he regenerates into the Eighth Doctor, Paul McGann, which I'll talk about him. Uh, and basically, he and the surgeon who accidentally killed him, Grace Holloway, <laughs> yeah, that's a duo, um, the two of them basically uh, work to, A, help the Doctor remember who he is, because he's suffering from amnesia after being dead for too long in between like his regeneration beginning. Um help him remember who he is and also help him stop the master from opening up what's called the eye of harmony, which is basically like the TARDIS's like power source, basically where if it's opened, it'll destroy the world. Right. Pretty. It sounds more complicated than it is. Basically he's trying to open a big ball and the big ball destroys the world. And the doctor wants to close the big ball. Oh, it's, it's like, um, it's like the, uh, the like the the uh, College of Winterhold questline in Skyrim. Sure, that's like pretty much exactly the because the Eye Magnet. Never mind. I've been playing Skyrim again. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, fair enough. I I couldn't tell you how accurate that is, so I'm just gonna say yeah, I believe it. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of what's like the plot of the movie. Uh, and it's just kind of this race to uh, close the Eye of Harmony. And at the same time, Eric Roberts' master is trying to basically possess the Doctor's body or, like, take 
it by like getting rid of the doctor's consciousness and putting his own inside the doctor's body so that he can not be a cum snake anymore. <laughs> I don't know why he wouldn't want to be a cum snake. That's no, I think I get it. Experience, you know? like, I think I really get it, actually. <laughs> I don't... I don't know. Yeah. So, like, let me, like, okay, so, like, let's... I'm just gonna, like, talk now, like, some general stuff about, like, the movie, like, now that I've kind of laid out the plot. And the first thing I want to start with is, like, I absolutely love Paul McGann. Uh, Paul McGann plays the Eighth Doctor, and it's a shame that he never actually got, like, a television run, because he's incredibly good at being the Doctor. Like, he's very charming and poetic. Um, He's got, like, a lot of energy to him. He's a lot more reminiscent of, like, David Tennant, Matt Smith, Christopher Eccleston, more so than he is reminiscent of, like, Sylvester McCoy, Colin Baker, Tom Baker, um, like, old Doctor Who things. So, like, he, he's very much, you can very much tell that he's, like, the transition into, like, what Doctor Who would become in terms of how its storytelling works. Um, okay. And he's, like, everything about him works. Like, his outfit is, like, very, like, gothic with, like, this really nice velvety green and a, a, a cravat. Oh, I think what's a cravat? It's like a little necktie. It's like a it's, necktie thing. It's like thing. one of those puff pastries they make in France. <sighs> no. It's, I have like two a, very... it's like a necktie thing. It's almost like an ascot of some okay. description. Okay, well, which one of us speaks French? So None of us? Neither of us speak French? Well, I don't, so... <laughs> okay, so then I guess it's me by default. Huh? <laughs> you but yeah, so like the, <laughs> never mind. You live to see yourself become a villain. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, but yeah, so like he has this like he's very poetic in the way that he talks. He's really good at playing the doctor. I absolutely love like the um the job that he does here. And it, like I said, it ma- it makes it it's a shame that he never got like a actual television run. Um, his uh his outfit is great. His TARDIS interior is gorgeous. Like, the TARDIS interior is normally kind of kind of basic. Like, up to that point, it had basically just been, like, a simple kind of white room with, like, the console. But this is, like, this, like, really massive room that has, like, bookshelves and, like, all sorts of... Like, it looks lived in. Like, it almost looks like a living room. Like it's And it's got this big, like, wooden console in the middle. It's really... It's a really, like, pretty-looking uh, TARDIS interior. And I'm sad that, like, they never did anything with, like, a one that looked like that again because of just how, like, unique and pretty it was. Um, and the entire movie is pretty. Like, it's it's pretty clear that they had an actual budget for this because everything in this movie, like, looks pretty good. Um, so, yeah, like, I, I absolutely love, like, everything about Paul McGann, uh, his work. I already said that I love Eric Roberts as the master. I think he does, like, absolutely a fantastic job uh as the master he's probably my favorite master <laughs> just because like i don't know i just get a kick out of like his campiness um and as for like the other major character in the movie which is grace holloway and chang lee uh they're fine grace is every 90s love interest and she's like she's like fine there's nothing like super significant about her i just think that she's like a somewhat interesting character i guess like she's she wasn't annoying, but she wasn't outstanding at the same time. Uh, Chang Lee was pretty good too. Like he he was kind of funny. He has a lot of funny interactions with the master. Like there's one where the master says something, 
and he laughs at it. He's like, oh, you kill me. And then the master looks at me. He's like, you want me to kill you? <laughs> he's just like, no, 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 no. You, you make me laugh. You make me laugh. Uh, so it was a joke. It was a joke. Yeah, he has a lot of good interactions with the master. Can I ask you a question? Hmm. Who plays the cum snake? Um, nobody, because the cum snake is just a cum snake. They didn't, like, hire, like, a real cum snake to play the cum snake? No, 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 it's just CGI. They didn't hire a real one. I feel like it would have been a lot better and more realistic if they hired a real cum snake. No, no. Um... I, I don't I don't even know how to react to it. I mean that's just it's cultural appropriation the fact that they didn't do that yeah I uh, I think they need to remake this movie they need to get a they real need to yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> they need to get a real cum snake in there just to get a real cum snake Jesus Christ yeah it's it and listen like it's not just like so after the the cum snake crawls into the dude's throat right he then like does this thing where like he like like a fucking like the fucking dinosaur from Jurassic Park that spits the fucking like acid or or like ink or whatever the fuck it spits out on that guy, venom or whatever. Uh, it does he does that but with cum, <laughs> and it's like acid because like he there's a part where they're in like an ambulance and he like spits it at Grace and it hits her and it like burns her arm, and then there's a part later. Where they, like, walk into a room and they find security guards just, like, covered in, like, the cum fluid. I guess that guy's not been eating his pineapple. And they're just standing there, like, like frozen. And it's like, why didn't they make it, like, green or something? Why did they choose to make it this color? Like, this was a deliberate choice. Like, you could have made it any other color. Why did you choose to make it this? They, it's so fucking weird. They, they, yeah, you took my joke. There's like a whole bunch of like really weird shit that they do in this movie. Like they just casually at one point reveal they're like, yeah, the doctor's half human, which like he's not. <laughs> they, they drop that after this movie, but for this movie, they just reveal that he's half human, as if like that's I I don't know why. Like it doesn't add anything. Like it's just this like really bizarre thing to add. Um, I, w- I would imagine it was probably a play to, like, make the Doctor a more, like, relatable character. Like, a more, like, potentially digestible character. If that makes sense? Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. Um, that, that, that could very likely be it. Because he has a lot of stuff in this that, like... Uh, makes him like that they try to make him really like he has like a sort of romance with grace um i don't think it's like super in-depth or anything like super unique from how uh from how the doctor normally has romances in the show but uh you could definitely tell that they were trying to do something different it's once again it's a lot more reminiscent of like new who with like how david Tennant and uh rose were uh, the Tenth Doctor and Rose were. So like, um, he definitely wanted to bone, but didn't know how to say it. Maybe. Because that's definitely I'm gonna say how yes. the Tenth Doctor and Rose were. I'm going to say in this case, yes. Uh, this movie definitely has a lot more charm to it than like you'd think. Like, there's a lot of really funny scenes in it. Um, 
of like the doctor just being like a weird like quirky alien dude my personal favorite is there's this one where they're trying to get through a traffic jam uh to escape the master and they run up to a cop and they're like oh come on like we need to get through he's like no sorry nobody can get through and he's like okay how about this and he pulls out like a, a piece of candy and he's like you want it like just go on just take it and he's like and the cop's like the cop's like all right the cop takes it and as he's eating it the doctor grabs his gun points it at his own heart and he says now give us the keys or i'll shoot myself <laughs> he just grabs the gun real quick he's like now give me the now give me the keys before i kill myself <laughs> It's so fucking wild. Like, and there's just, like, so many scenes like that that are just, like, weirdly funny for no reason. Like, it's just, like, so... They, they have this, like, weird charm to it. Like, there's one where the doctor is, like, running around and he's, like, talking about, like, his past because he's starting to remember things. He's like, yes. And the and the stars in Gallifrey Sky, they, they, the, the, the sky danced with the lights of the stars. It's like, oh, and you know what? These shoes. He just points to his shoes. He's like, they fit perfectly. <laughs> Like he has like such as like such a like quirky charm to him that's like just really funny. But at the same time, he he's really good at like conveying like serious moments. Um, one of my favorite moments is too is when he first regenerates because uh, he was in the morgue, right? So like he comes out of the morgue and he walks through this like abandoned hospital wing and he sees himself in the mirror and he just screams. He's like, "Who am I?" It's, I don't know, I just love everything about Paul McGann in this movie. Like, I don't know how you don't see this guy and just go, yes, give him all of the money. Um, uh, personally, if you were to ask me to reboot Doctor Who after this, I would have just started with Paul McGann and not hired Christopher Eccleston. Not saying that Christopher Eccleston isn't a good doctor, but I'm saying, like, if I was rebooting the franchise, I would not want to start new. I would, I would ask to get him back. Like, I think he's that good. Um... In in one story, he completely sold me on him being like one of my more favorite doctors. Like he just has like a lot of charm to him, um, and the more and you could also just like genuinely tell that he has like a love for like playing the character. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I can think get he's that. the only one in this movie who sees this as um, the continuation of like a super long running TV franchise and not as like a silly sci-fi tv movie because i feel like everybody else is treating it kind of as like a, a sci-fi tv movie even the even the master for as much as i like him uh but i think he's definitely treating this like this is a doctor who episode right like this is like a, the beginning of a show um so yeah like there's a so that's kind of like what's going on in terms of like like the cast and the you know the, the movie looks good uh the story's fine like i said it's kind of uh i have i'll have more to say about it once i get to like how my friends reacted to this but uh the story's like it's a it's an all right story for uh you know like a doctor who movie i don't know if it's necessarily like the best choice they could have made but um you know it, it's all right i personally really enjoyed the movie and i think that it's worth a watch if you like doctor who Word, word. Seems like it was a yes. charming little story. Um, yeah. A little bit goofy so with the cum get, snake. Yeah, with the cum snake. Uh, it ends with the cum snake master getting sucked into the eye of Harmony, <laughs> which is like the TARDIS's like, heart engine thing. 
he gets like sucked into it and then it closes and the doctor is like oh shit he's dead and then he's like not dead because it's the master and he never dies um something so wild about you saying the word yeah the cum snake master yeah that's what he is i mean he has like four names on the tardis wiki because i tried to see what to call him one called him like the the m were like m something master like it's some word like more more, i'm just gonna say morbius that's not the word (laughs) but it was some word that starts with an m which is like the canon name for the cum snake species because it's a species uh another one calls it the bruce master because the character's name is bruce um and another one calls it the eric roberts master because that's the actor who plays the master in the movie that's what I call it is the Eric Roberts master, but the cum snake master is funnier. So we're going to go with the cum snake master. Goofy. Yeah. So like the cum snake master is defeated uh, in the end. Uh, the Asian child is redeemed because he decides to be a good person. Uh, and then grace is also like now, uh, happy having gone on an adventure and then the doctor's like hey you should be my companion and she's like no and he's like i fair enough and then he leaves and that's kind of the end of the movie uh it's kind of a kind of a flat end like there's nothing much to it because it's clear that they wanted to do more in terms of like adventures uh with the show so real quick talking about like uh that show um it never materialized nobody picked it up the movie was pretty much just like everybody's kind of under consensus that it kind of flopped in terms of like getting a new show off the ground the new show would have been really weird like the master and the doctor were going to be revealed to be brothers uh and they were going to like the a lot of the story was going to be about them trying to find their dad um and a whole bunch of other weird shit for instance uh and I'm going to send this into in the chat. They had a new design for the Daleks. I'm going to send this in the uh, the meme chat here. So this is the original design of the Daleks. And then this was the TV movies. Uh, oh, their wow. Intended That's giga-esque. Yeah. That's wow. Okay. Yeah. So for like the audio listeners, it's basically kind of like this like, weird alien top half and then like a crab leg bottom half it, it looks nothing like the the trash can tank dolicky look that they've had for fucking ever and it's very ugly and i don't like it um and i'm gonna be honest here. as much as i just said how much i love paul mcgann i'm really glad the show got canceled because it was probably gonna suck like it probably would have sucked this movie only survives off the fact of off the fact of it like for as good of a story as i said it was if it was to continue, the novelty would have worn off and it would have become not so fun anymore. Um, so sadly, it's probably for the best that it never got picked up. Um, so yeah, that's, yep, that's it. And that's how we wouldn't have actually had... got the 2005 remake, uh, remake that is the Doctor Who we have today. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe it is for the best that they didn't pick up this specific thing, because we would have gotten a whole lot more cum snakes, and I know D really likes cum snakes, but, um, I don't know, I think that's out of pocket. Kind of muffled there, Nick, are you... Oh, hello, is this better? 
Hello? Can you hear me? We've lost, we've lost Nick. Hello? Nick, oh, there he comrade. is. There he is. Hi, Nick. I think Discord is just being bork. Uh, sorry about that, that. That's very likely. Yeah, no, it's all right. Uh, it's very likely. It, it, it shouldn't bother. The, it's just on the call, so I don't think it'll affect recording or anything. So. Yeah, for your guys' sake, I was saying maybe it is for the best if this specific one wasn't picked up, because then we'd have a whole lot more cum snakes. And um, I don't know. That's that's that makes me um not excited. Well, the cum snake is canon. Oh, yeah. Do we so see more cum is, snakes? Is, even though the show was canceled, the eighth Doctor in this movie is still canon. So. Does um do they like show more cum snakes? No. But by, by the way, um, they're, they're called uh the the species is called the death worm, but he morphs into a death worm, so he's a death worm morphant. That's what. The, yes, there is the morphant doctor or the morphant master. Excuse me, that's what he was called, or the Eric Roberts master, or the cum snake master, whatever. Um. Yeah, they explain more about the cum snake and like I believe it's a comic that they explain more about the cum snake. Um I like that you refuse to call it anything but the cum snake. That's what it is. I don't care what anybody it's a it's a snake made out of cum. That's what it is. I I don't like it, but it is what it is and I can't not call it that. Um so yeah, so the show never got picked up and now we have the doctor who we have today. Yay! Um, so the thing is, is despite the fact that the show never got picked up, this is supposed to be like a re-entry point for people who a have either not seen a lot of the show or not seen any of the show or whatever, and should try to get them into, um, get, get them into Doctor Who. So I have four friends, right? And each of them with varying degrees of experience with Doctor Who. This is the science portion of things, right? Um, two of them, so we're going to, we're going to separate my friends by by their their names here uh so i have my friend Brittany, who uh is not a big sci-fi fan um so like she's not like super into sci-fi things but she can like get into them depending on how interesting they are right and she's never seen anything doctor who related then i have my friend joey who's never seen really anything doctor who related but he's a big star wars fan so he's big into sci-fi stuff and then i have my friend chop uh, he's a, his name is actually Nick, so we're gonna call him Chop for the sake of this, uh, because it's it's not this Nick; it's a different Nick. Um, no, it's fully me too. Who was really into Doctor Who for Matt Smith specifically, like just the Matt Smith era, pretty much. And then there's my friend George, who was into it for like some, like a little bit of the Matt Smith era, right? So like across like these four people who have watched the movie, right? Each of them had like pretty different experiences so first is um my friend Brittany, who watching it i asked at the end would you be willing to watch this show and her response to me was i have so many other things to watch i don't think that this would make a priority like this would be a priority on my list so um yeah it did not do a good job convincing her that sci-fi was anything like it wasn't good at convincing somebody who wasn't big who wasn't like already into sci-fi so like uh it's not like the kind of sci-fi thing that really hooks you that like the way some do like the way black mirror did for some people like hooking people into sci-fi like it doesn't 
uh, it doesn't do that. Like, it doesn't have the hooks for that, right? So, my friend Nick, who had been into, uh, or my friend Chop, excuse me, uh, who had, like, been into Doctor Who before, it did grasp him some, uh, because it reminded him a lot of, like, Matt Smith's era and, like, the newer Doctor Who stuff, right? So, it's like, okay, like, that, that, it's obviously working at, like, intra in intriguing like newer doctor who fans who are like into the newer stuff so that's interesting my friend george was also uh into it it made him want to watch more of the show which means that it actually did a good job in getting somebody into doctor who right so i was like oh okay that's pretty like outstanding that it, it um can have these two two people who like haven't been into doctor who for some time it can get them re-interested in the show but the really interesting one was joey who was already into uh, Joey, uh, who's been on this podcast before, who's already into, like, sci-fi stuff. He watched it, and he actually got intrigued and wanted to watch more Doctor Who. So the main consensus of my science is, from all my rambling just then, my main consensus of the science is, if you are a fan of science fiction, this movie actually might do a good job at convincing you to want to watch Doctor Who. Which means... The movie fucking works, <laughs> which is not the consensus I was expecting at the beginning of this, because I really thought that the consensus was going to be that this movie kind of sucks at doing that, but I was wrong. It actually convinced people to want to watch Doctor Who. There we go. I mean, that's good. Do you know, actually yeah, somewhat so... get people into it? Though it does seem like a really goofy movie, I feel like I personally would be, I would end up getting into it just because I want to see more of the, I am, it's clearly the goofy guy that's, that's evil, not me, dark cat and trench coat man. It's amazing. Like, I don't know. It's amazing that. Yeah. That'd be the stuff that I'd want to see. Yeah, it's it, like I said, like I, I enjoyed the movie and the movie's good at convincing people to get people to Doctor Who. Like, I was like, holy shit, like the consensus here is that this is just like good. Because the thing is, is like I always just wrote it off as like this is not very good because like, oh, obviously it's not like it's just the 1996 movie. Like everybody kind of glosses over it. But like, I'm going to be honest, hot take. It was more interesting than every first Doctor story I watched. <laughs> Shit. Every first Doctor story? I genuinely cannot tell you a first Doctor story I would watch over the movie again. There isn't a single one. Yeah, and I and I actually like and and in turn in probably it's also I think better than most of the second Doctor story, and I really like the second Doctor. I think it's also better than than most of those stories. Like, I genuinely think that this movie's a fucking solid uh, Doctor Who story. Um, and it's way better than I think people make it out to be. Uh, despite the fact that it has a lot of, like, weird shit that, like, doesn't make sense in it. Like, the Doctors have human and random shit like that. But yeah, like, I don't know. I, I just really like the 1996 movie. And it got my friends into Doctor Who, which is, like, the most, like, bizarre shit. Because, like, I did not think that that was going to happen whatsoever i didn't think that that was going to be the end result here but somehow it was 
So yeah, like that. It, and then like my favorite master was in that movie. The cum snake master is easily my favorite version of him. Um, I really liked Paul McGann. Like everything about it just worked, and I was just like, "What the hell? Like that is crazy." Um. So yeah, that's like, that's kind of that's kind of that's that was my science experiment on uh, the nineteen ninety six Doctor Who movie. Uh, if you want to check it out for yourself, uh, oh shit, can I legally say this? Um, what? If you want to watch the movie yourself, Google Doctor Who 1996 movie and just see what comes up on Facebook video. You might see some, uh, might see stuff there. Uh, there just could be stuff like just, just on Facebook video. Um, it's just, you know, uh, you know, hour and 22 minute long stuff on Facebook video, um, that, you know, might help you, uh, figure out how to watch the movie. Um, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, arg, um, arg. Yeah. I think, uh, sci-fi fans, I I was going to say Doctor Who fans, but I think general, uh, sci-fi fans should watch. The Doctor Who 1996 movie. Hell yeah. End, end topic. Press the buzzer. <laughs> um, so that was Government Love Bot, folks. We're such great uh, professional podcasters that are awesome at our jobs. I mean, you. I mean, like you guys are. No, no, you. You're. You're the best out of us. I don't know if I say that. It's too. You see, you don't have to. I did. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to disagree with you there, Chief. That, that's. That's. Yeah. No. Uh. That's okay, Tyler. Help me out here. What? Say okay, say well, D is the best podcaster. Oh yeah, D is the best podcast. Hell yeah, and that's the end of Not the government love podcast. Bot. Yeah. My life would be like a dark comedy podcast if I was like singularly a podcast. Probably be kind of funny, honestly. Okay, well that's the episode. All right, goodbye, everybody. Have a great night. Polish your government love bot. We love you. Goodbye. Bye.